Good evening and a very warm welcome to you on this Good Friday. Thank you for tuning in and joining us for this Good Friday service this evening. The service tonight provides us with, I think, a wonderful opportunity for us to turn our attentions away from the coronavirus and its impact upon our lives and to put our focus on Christ and to meditate upon his impact upon our lives. Based on some models that we're hearing about in the news, deaths in the United States from the coronavirus are supposed to reach their peak this weekend. So there is a certain poignancy to the fact that it was on this particular weekend of the year that Christ himself died upon the cross. 2,000 years ago on this particular Friday of the year. It was on this Friday of the year based on the lunar calendar that Christ was crucified and based on the time frames that are given to us in scripture we know that Christ's crucifixion began around nine o'clock in the morning. We also know that it would have been around 12 noon that darkness came over the face of the land and then we also know that it would have been around three in the afternoon that Jesus breathed his last and then somewhere between three in the afternoon and sundown, we know that Jesus' body would have been taken down from the cross and wrapped in linen cloths and laid in a tomb. And we know that this would have happened before sundown because the Sabbath began at sundown on Friday evening. So right about this time of the evening, right now, Christ's body would have been lying in the tomb for less than an hour. What we're going to be doing tonight is we're going to be pondering the narrative of Christ's suffering. We will start by joining Isaiah the prophet, who looked ahead to the suffering of the Messiah and described what he saw. We will join Christ also in the gospel accounts as he leads his disciples in the celebration of the first Lord's Supper. Then we will see him move to the Garden of Gethsemane. We will see Jesus betrayed. We will see him arrested. And we will see him standing trial. We will witness also afresh the crucifixion of Christ and also his burial as it is recorded for us in the gospel accounts. And we will then end our story right there tonight with the story of his burial in anticipation of the great events that will happen on Sunday. So that's what we're going to attempt to do tonight, and we're so glad that you have chosen to join us as we seek to do this together. Let's begin our service with prayer and ask God's blessing on our time of worship and meditation upon Christ this evening. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this wonderful occasion tonight, an occasion in which we as a congregation can gather together in spirit and reflect upon Christ and who he is and all that he has done 
for us. Father, we thank you for the cross of Jesus Christ and for all the things that you reveal to us there at the foot of the cross, things that are both exalting and humbling, lovely and disturbing, things that bring us to tears and also things that exalt us to the very heights of heavenly glory. It is at the cross where we see true love on full display, for it was while we were yet sinners that Christ died for us. It is at the cross where we also see our sin for what it really is, as violence against you, Lord, and as something that brings great grief and pain to your heart. We now know to take sin seriously, Lord, because you take sin seriously, and we learn that at the cross. It is at the foot of the cross where we discover ourselves to be far worse sinners than we ever knew before, But in the moment of that sobering discovery, we also learn that we are far more loved than we ever dared to imagine. It is at the cross where we find you, Lord, the one for whom our souls have been thirsting for all of our lives. And we're left asking what is not to love about a Savior like you, what is not to love about an occasion such as this tonight as we gather together in spirit and gaze upon you and reflect upon you, Lord, and all that you have done for us. We are here tonight to survey the wondrous cross and the Prince of Glory who died upon that cross And we ask that you would open our eyes to see you as we have never seen you before. And that you would give life to our souls, life to our worship, as we worship you afresh this evening. And we ask all of these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. game. 
believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed for he grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of parched ground he has no stately form or majesty that we should look upon him nor appearance that we should be attracted to him he was despised and forsaken of men a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief and like one from whom men hide their face he was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely our griefs he himself bore, and our sorrows he carried. Yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was pierced through for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him, and by his scourging we are healed. All of us like sheep have gone astray, Each of us has turned to his own way, but the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to slaughter, and like a sheep that is silent before its shears. So he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. And as for his generation, who considered that he was cut out of the land of the living for the transgressions of my people to whom the stroke was due? His grave was assigned with wicked men, yet he was with a rich man in his death, because he had done no violence, nor was there any deceit in his mouth. But the Lord was pleased to crush him, putting him to grief. If he would render himself as a guilt offering, he will see his offspring. He will prolong his days, 
and the good pleasure of the Lord will prosper in his hand. As a result of the anguish of his soul, he will see it and be satisfied. By his knowledge, the righteous one, my servant, will justify the many, as he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will allot him a portion with the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong, because he poured out himself to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he himself bore the sin of many and interceded for the transgressors. Look of him who died, the man. 
When it was evening, he came with the twelve. As they were reclining at the table and eating, Jesus said, Truly I say to you that one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They began to be grieved and to say to him one by one, Surely not I. And he said to them, It is one of the twelve, one who dips with me in the bowl. For the Son of Man is to go just as it is written of him. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been good for that man if he had not been born. While they were eating, he took some bread, and after a blessing he broke it, and gave it to them and said, Take it, this is my body. And when he had taken a cup and given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. And he said to them, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly I say to you, I will never again drink of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. Jaime Rodriguez just read to us the account of the very first celebration of the Lord's Supper which was celebrated in the hours prior to Christ dying on a cross. So there's no way the disciples could have begun to imagine the full significance of what the bread and the cup really represented. But ever since then, we celebrate the Lord's Supper looking back. And we know what the bread and the cup represent. Let me just share with you two things that we know that the bread and the cup represent. First of all, it represents the suffering of Jesus, who became a joint sufferer with us in this fallen, broken world. John Lennox is professor of mathematics at Oxford University and an internationally renowned speaker on the interface of science and religion and philosophy. And he gave, just this past week, this description of a Christian. He said, and I quote, A Christian is not so much a person who has solved the problem of pain, suffering, and the coronavirus, but one who has come to love and trust a God who has himself suffered. That's so true. While on the cross, Christ bore our sorrows and our griefs, which means that we are never alone in any pain that we experience in this fallen, broken world of sorrow and woe. But the bread and the cup also reminds us of a second thing that is very important for us to reflect upon tonight, and that is the willing surrender or self-giving of the body and the blood of Jesus in death on the cross in order to provide for the salvation of sinners like you and me. Putting himself literally on that cross in the place where we deserve to be because of our sins, which presents us with the most classic of all ironies. As John Stott once said, and I quote, 
the concept of substitution lies at the heart of both sin and salvation. For the essence of sin is man substituting himself for God, while the essence of salvation is God substituting himself for man. Man puts himself where only God deserves to be. God puts himself where only man deserves to be, the cross. And I pray that you would be touched by the sacrificial love of Jesus who took your place upon the cross and that you would believe in him today more than ever. Greater love has no one than this, that a man lay down his life for his enemies and seek to make his enemies his friends. That's what Jesus has done, and that's why we follow him and why we worship him tonight. Let's pray together. Lord, we join our hearts with the psalmist uh, this evening as he worships you in Psalm 118. And we just confess to you, Lord, that it is better to take refuge in you than to put our trust or to take refuge in man. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to take refuge in princes. Blessed are you, Lord Jesus, who came in the name of Jehovah to bring us salvation through your shed blood at the cross. You are our God, and we give thanks to you tonight. You are our Savior, and we extol you. We give thanks to you, for you, Lord, are good, and your loving kindness is everlasting. And we say these things to you in Jesus' name. Amen.
At this point of our service, we're going to be picking up in the narrative uh, right at the point where Christ and his disciples finish their celebration of the Lord's table. And we're going to read the biblical narrative all the way through the burial of Christ in the tomb. For the most part, I will be reading from the Gospel of Mark, but we'll be weaving in some details into the narrative from the other gospel writers as well. But the text of scripture tells us that Jesus and his disciples celebrated the Lord's Supper and then tells us that when they had sung a hymn, Jesus and his disciples went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said to his disciples, You will all fall away because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. And Peter answered him, Though all these others may fall away because of you, I will never fall away. And Jesus said to him, Truly, I tell you, this very night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And Peter said to him, Even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And all the disciples were saying the same thing. And they went to a place called Gethsemane. And there Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. 
And he took with him Peter and James and John and began to be greatly distressed and troubled. And he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch. And going a little farther, he fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me. Yet not what I will, but what you will be done. And he came and found the disciples sleeping. And he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. For the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again, Jesus went away and prayed, saying the same words. And again, he came and found the disciples sleeping, for their eyes were very heavy, and they did not know what to answer him. And he came the third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? It is enough. The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Arise, let us be going. Behold, my betrayer is at hand. And immediately, while he was still speaking, Judas came, one of the twelve, and with him a crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priest and the scribes and the elders. Now the betrayer had given them a sign, saying, The one I will kiss is the man. Seize him and lead him away under guard. And when Judas came, he went up to Jesus at once and said, Rabbi, and he kissed him. And they laid hands on Jesus and seized him. And they led Jesus to the high priest. And all the chief priests and the elders and the scribes came together and Peter followed him at a distance right into the courtyard of the high priest. And he was sitting with the guards and warming himself at the fire. Now the chief priest and the whole council were seeking testimony against Jesus to put him to death, but they found none. For many bore false witness against him, but their testimony did not agree. And some stood up and bore false witness against him, saying, We heard him say, I will destroy this temple that is made with hands, and in three days I will build another not made with hands. Yet even about this their testimony did not agree. And the high priest stood up in the midst and asked Jesus, Have you no answer to make? What is it that these men testify against you? But Jesus remained silent and made no answer. So again the high priest asked him, Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed One? And Jesus said, I am. And you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. And the high priest tore his garments and said to the others, What further witnesses do we need? You have heard his blasphemy. What is your decision? And they all condemned him as deserving death. 
And some began to spit on him and to cover his face and to strike him, saying, Prophesy to us, you Christ, who is it that struck you? And the guards received him with blows. Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard, and a servant girl came to him and said, You too were with Jesus the Galilean. But he denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you are talking about. When he had gone out to the gateway, another servant girl saw him and said to those who were there, This man was with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied it with an oath, saying, I do not know the man. A little later, the bystanders came up and said to Peter, Surely you too are one of them, for your accent betrays you. Then Peter began to curse and to swear, saying, I do not know the man. And immediately a rooster crowed. And Peter remembered the word which Jesus had said, Before a rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Reminded of this, Peter went out and wept bitterly. And as soon as it was morning, the chief priest held a consultation with the elders and the scribes and the whole council, and they bound Jesus and led him away and delivered him over to Pilate. And Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered him, saying, You have said so. And the chief priest accused him of many things. And Pilate again asked him, Have you no answer to make? Do you see how many charges they bring against you? But Jesus made no further answer, so that Pilate was amazed. Now at the feast, Pilate used to release for them one prisoner for whom they asked. And among the rebels in prison who had committed murder in the rebellion, there was a man called Barabbas. And the crowd came up and began to ask Pilate to do as he usually did for them. And pointing to Jesus, Pilate answered them, saying, Do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? For he perceived that it was out of envy that the chief priest had delivered him up. But the chief priest stirred up the crowd to have him release for them Barabbas instead. And Pilate again said to them, Then what shall I do with the man you call the king of the Jews? And they cried out again, saying, Crucify him. And Pilate said to them, Why, what evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, saying, Crucify him. So Pilate, wishing to satisfy the crowd, released for them Barabbas, And having scourged Jesus, he delivered him over to be crucified. Then the Roman soldiers led Jesus away inside the palace, that is, the governor's headquarters, and they called together the whole battalion, and they clothed Jesus in a purple robe, and twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on him and put a reed in his right hand. And they began to salute him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! And they took the reed from his hand 
and were striking his head with the reed and spitting on him and kneeling down in mock homage to him. And after they had mocked him a while, they stripped him of the purple cloak and put his own clothes on him, and they led him out to crucify him. And they compelled a passerby, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country to carry his cross. And they brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means place of a skull. And they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. And they crucified him and divided his garments among them, casting lots for them to decide what each should take. And it was the third hour after sunrise when they crucified him. And the inscription of the charge against him read, The King of the Jews. And with him they crucified two thieves, one on his right and one on his left. And those who passed by derided him, wagging their heads, saying, Aha! You who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself and come down from the cross. So also the chief priest with the scribes mocked him to one another, saying, He saved others, he cannot save himself. Let the Christ, the King of Israel, come down now from the cross that we may see and believe. And the two thieves who were crucified with him also reviled him. And when the sixth hour after sunrise had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, behold, he is calling Elijah. And someone ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink saying, wait, let's see whether Elijah will come to take him down. But Jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed his last. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood facing him saw that in this way Jesus breathed his last, he said, truly, this man was the Son of God. There were also women looking on from a distance, among whom were Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, the younger, and of Joseph and Salome. When Jesus was in Galilee, these women followed him and ministered to him. And there were also many other women who came up with him to Jerusalem who looked on as he died. At this time, Cindy Ben Shadler will read a poem entitled Unlikely Friendship, which recounts the conversion of one of the thieves who was crucified with Jesus.
like swarming hungry piranha. Malicious hearts converge. They feed with scorn on love that hangs torn in shreds on Roman scourge. Beguiled by pheromone hatred, two dying thieves join in. They mock the Christ, not seeing the price he pays to save from sin. And so the tandem misfortune unfolds beneath blackened sun. The mob decries while rescuer dies. But mercy is not done. For Christ withholds harsh reprisal. He gives no malice due. But while he lives, prays, Father, forgive. These know not what they do. A thief recoils at the kindness, then welcomes its chastening sting. His eyes fling wide at Jesus beside, discovering him as king. Recall me, Lord, he adventures, when comes your kingdom day. Then, with a sigh, he waits for reply to hear the yea or nay. Today, says Jesus of mercy, you'll enter heaven too, for God forgives as long as he lives, I'll gladly be with you. And thus unlikeliest friendship is forged on verge of death. For Christ the Lord with quickening word can hallow dying breath. After Jesus breathes his last, the gospel narrative continues with these words. And when evening had come, since it was the day of preparation, that is, the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, a respected member of the council, who was also himself looking for the kingdom of God, took courage and went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. And Pilate was surprised to hear that Jesus would have already died. And summoning the centurion, Pilate asked him whether Jesus was already dead. And when he learned from the centurion that Jesus was dead, Pilate granted the corpse to Joseph. And Joseph bought a linen shroud and taking him down, wrapped him in the linen shroud and laid him in a tomb that had been cut out of the rock. And he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where he was laid. The next day, that is, the day after the day of preparation, the chief priest and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said to him, Sir, we remember how that impostor said while he was still alive, After three days I will rise. Therefore, order the tomb to be made secure until the third day, lest his disciples go and steal him away and tell the people he has risen from the dead. 
and the last deception will be worse than the first. So Pilate said to them, you have a guard of soldiers, go and make it as secure as you can. So they went and made the tomb secure by sealing the stone and setting a guard. And it is with great difficulty that we will end the narrative here and wait for Sunday when we will discover that Jesus is raised from the dead, just as he said he would. I want to invite all of you to tune in to our Easter service this Sunday at 1030 on Sunday morning. We're going to be celebrating Christ's resurrection. I'll be preaching a gospel message on the topic of the meaning of Christ's resurrection. So please join us and we encourage you to invite family and friends to tune in to our service as well. And to tune in, all you need to do is to go to cornerstonebible.org and then click the video that you will see on that page and you'll be able to watch a live stream of our Sunday service. In the meantime, I would ask you to be praying for God to do a good work in all of our hearts and in the hearts of all who will be tuning in on Sunday that God will have his way with all of us and that souls will even come to faith in Jesus. If you're here uh, tuning in to our program tonight and you have been moved by what you've heard said and sung and read from the scripture and you feel the Lord is calling you to himself, I urge you to please come to Jesus tonight Call upon his name and be saved. Jesus promises that anyone who comes to him, he will in no wise cast them out. He rejects no one who comes to him in brokenness and in faith, believing in him. And if you have any questions at all about how you can have a personal relationship with Jesus and experience salvation through him, please email us at prayer at cornerstonebible.org. That's prayer at cornerstonebible.org. We would love to get in touch with you and tell you more about how you can have eternal life through Jesus. Thank you for tuning in to our service tonight and for joining us as we have sought to worship him and reflect upon our beautiful Savior, uh, from whom all of the blessings of salvation have come to us. Let's end our service tonight by singing the doxology, singing together the traditional doxology followed by the Good Friday doxology that we as a congregation sing each year at the end of this Good Friday service. God bless you all. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly 
Praise God who gave His Son to die. Praise Him who in the tomb doth lie. He died to ransom us from sin. And soon will rise to life again.